Good evening and welcome to the FIFA World Cup show. Wherever you are listening to this episode from, whether you're in the USA, on the African continent, Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the call-in platform. With yours truly, Philip Alimo, I have love for sports. On the program tonight... We'll continue our series of the most memorable FIFA World Cup moments with some of the greatest players to have graced the Mundial. We'll be hearing from Sunday Olise on his incredible goal versus Spain at the 98th World Cup. We'll hear from Robbie Keane on his dramatic goal versus Germany at the 2002 FIFA World Cup in Korea and Japan. We'll also be speaking to Harry Kewell on Croatia's 2-2 draw with Australia at the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany. Fabio Cannavaro would also tell us about the game against Germany at the 2006 FIFA World Cup. Steven, we'll be hearing from Steven Pina, Giulio Batista, Diego Fodin, Diego Folan, Diego Gordon, Luis Suarez, Ian Robin and Ike Casillas on their various World Cup experience. Tonight, sit back, relax, and enjoy as I take you on this wonderful cruise of the FIFA World Cup moment. Without much ado, we'll start with Sunday Ulisse. He's a Nigerian football manager and a former player. In his active playing career, he played as a midfielder, he is widely regarded as one of the best African midfielders of all time. Sunday Ulisse was a physical yet technically gifted defensive midfielder. Ulisse played for world-famous clubs such as Ajax, Borussia Dortmund, and Juventus. Ulisse played 63 international games and scored three goals for Nigeria and played at the Football World Cups of 94 and 98. Ulisse also participated in the Olympic Games in Atlanta 1996, where Nigeria won gold. Sunday Ulisse was voted Africa's third best footballer in 1998 by CAF. He is mostly remembered for scoring the winning goal in the group stage against Spain at the France 98 World Cup as Nigeria beat Spain 3-2. Ulisse's goal at that World Cup was a throw-in deep in the Spanish half, which was added clear by Fernando. And Ulisse ran and fired an explosive shot from 25 yards, which took Spanish goalkeeper Andoni Zuberata completely by surprise. Despite captaining Nigeria, during the 2002 African Cup of Nations, Ulisse was omitted from his country's World Cup squad later that year for disciplinary reasons. After missing out on World Cup selection, Ulisse retired from international football in 2002, having led the team as they demanded unpaid allowances and use owed them by the Nigerian Football Federation. We'll hear from Sunday Ulisse on how that goal 
shaped his career and everything else. The flamboyant Super Eagles forward will be recalling his long-range winner in Nigeria's famous 3-2 win over Spain at the 1998 FIFA World Cup in France. memorable World Cup moment I have was my goal against Spain. Not just because of the goal, but because of what it represented for us as a team and me personally as a, as a human being. Because before this game, prior to this game, the preparations for us were very bad. We lost every family game and there was so much a big doubt. And I had a discussion with Boyan Lutunovic in his room and I told him, I said, it's one of the first times that I don't really feel very solid. And he said, it is not important what the occasion is, but it's important how you use the occasion, how what you do with the occasion with it. And I went into my room, went to bed, and the next training, I noticed I was really, really full of strength. Then my friend Taribo West said to me, he said, Sonny, you want to hit some balls? I'll go in the goal. And I had to strike like, I think, 10 balls in a row, and nine went in, and he couldn't stop them, even though he's not a goalkeeper. But they were lost balls that were going. And I remember the goal I scored was one, like one of his balls. The ball was coming back, and I just struck it, and it was playing. So it was just like a kind of like folklore. It's kind of like a big folklore back when people always talk about it. But the fact that this goal also propelled us to winning the group, eliminating the great team like Spain, who had never lost for like 40 or 50 games before that game. And the fact that it kind of like cemented my family's name in the history of world football, it couldn't be better. Definitely, it couldn't have been any better. Those were the last words of Sunday Ulisse. One of the key things I picked up from Sunday Ulisse's remarks is preparation. On this show, I encourage my audience and my listeners to always work hard in achieving their goals. And to achieve your goal, you need to prepare adequately. Sandolise said he prepared adequately in their last training game before the match itself, where he had practiced 15 shots and had nine on target. And on the day of the game, what he had practiced during the training sessions is exactly the scenario he encountered during the game against Spain. And he literally glittered. And he's, throughout his international career, he's had over 60 caps for Nigeria. He scored three goals. And that is one of his most memorable goals, which has cemented his name and his family name in the history of football. The next player will be zooming on to is Robbie Kane on his dramatic goal versus Germany at the 2002 FIFA World Cup, Japan and Korea. Who is Robbie Kane? I'll be telling you about him. He's an Irish professional football coach and a former player who played as a forward. Kane served as a captain of the Republic of Ireland 
from March 2006 until its international retirement in August 2016. Kane is the most capped player and is the top scorer in the team's history. He was most recently the assistant manager of Middlesbrough. Kane began his career at Overhampton, scoring twice on his first debut, aged 17. Kane has scored 68 goals for the Republic of Ireland national team over an 18-year international career, making him the all-time record Irish scorer. His 146 caps is an Irish record. Kin is the joint fifth highest European international goal scorer of all time and the only player in the history of world football to have scored at least one goal in 19 consecutive years. Kane was the Republic of Ireland's top scorer at the 2002 FIFA World Cup with three goals as they reached the last 16 and also played at the UEFA Euro 2012 and UEFA Euro 2016. Throughout his club and international career, he was known for his goal celebration where he, formed, he performed a cartwheel followed by a forward roll. After announcing his retirement from playing, Kane began his coaching career with the Ireland senior team as an assistant manager under Mick McCarthy's management setup in November 2018. He also took up the role of assistant manager at Championship Club Middlesbrough in 2019 with his former teammate Jonathan Woodgate as manager. Kane signed a one-year contract with Middlesbrough, which came to an end during the COVID pandemic and left the club on his own terms in June 2020. Kane is currently studying for his UEFA Pro license, which he received the license in 2020. He scored one of the, one of the most dramatic goals at the 2002 FIFA World Cup when Kane scored deep in the second half, injury time, against eventual finalist Germany, the Republic of Ireland, and former LA Galaxy striker talks us about the amazing moment. Let's hear from him. On the streets, you're playing in a World Cup teams and never think that one day that you'll actually be there yourself. So um, for me, it was uh, for the country, it was, it was massive. And to, you know, to score in the last minute against against Germany was, I think, it stands out for, I think, for everybody, uh, certainly in that World Cup. And it was a, it was a fantastic uh, tournament, I think, for the country. It's amazing what, what, what football can do for, for a country. It's a country such as so small as us, it brings everybody together. And, and that was certainly one of those moments that brought the whole country together. And Mark Kinsley got the ball in the last few minutes and Big Quinney came on, uh, I think, in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, played a front for me. And then, as Quinney does best, you know, flicked on, Towards me and just got behind the defender and chested it and you know just had a forced time and thankfully you know I had the post and went in. You know, uh, Cam did get get a hand to it, but it was, uh, it was too much power behind us. So thankfully for me, I went in. He couldn't walk that bad. I mean, the, the Irish fans just behind the goal as well. So I think we were there for two hours after. So 
So that's Robbie Keane telling us about that dramatic goal at the World Cup. We'll be hearing from another player, Harry Kewell, an Australian football icon, on his goal at the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany. Let me give you a bit of background about Harry. Harry Kewell is an Australian football coach and former player. He was most recently the head coach of Barnet. Kewell played for Leeds United, Liverpool, Galatasaray, Melbourne Victory, Al Garafa, and Melbourne Heart. Whilst at Leeds, he was named the PFA Young Player of the Year in 2000. Internationally, he has received 58 caps and scored 17 goals whilst playing for the Australian national team. A left winger also capable of playing as an attacking midfielder or a second striker. He is often regarded within the media as Australia's finest football export. And despite his career being twatted with injury, in 2012, Harry Kewell was named Australia's greatest footballer in a vote by Australian fans, players and the media. Kewell scored a goal against Croatia which took Australia to the knockout stages of the 2006 FIFA World Cup, the Australian national team's second World Cup. He is a member of the executive committee of the Australian Professional Footballers Association. Kewell also has a British passport through his father's heritage. The former Middlesbrough midfielder, 10 pounded Ruby, named Kewell as one of the greatest players he has played against. Yes, that is a caliber of player we are talking about. Harry Kewell has represented Australia at the 1995 FIFA World Under-17 Championship, the 1997 FIFA Confederations Cup, where Australia finished runners-up, the 2004 OFC Nations Cup, which Australia claimed for the fourth time, the 2006 FIFA World Cup, the 2007 AFC Asian Cup, the 2010 FIFA World Cup, and the 2011 AFC Asian Cup, where Australia finished runners-up. Australian icon, Ari Kero, will be telling us about that history-making equaliser against Croatia at the Germany 2006 FIFA World Cup. Let's hear from him. My favourite World Cup memory would have been Australia v Croatia. Uh, we ended up uh, drawing the game 2-2. We went down 1-0 uh, straight away and uh, I think everyone in the, uh, the stadium thought, well, here we go, Croatia are going to come out now and uh, showboat and you know, really put it against Australia. But we held our nerve and you know, we, we got it to 1-0 and then we went down again into uh, to 2-1 and people thought, well, here it goes again. And... We kind of pushed. We, you know, we had a great manager in hitting, and he always made us believe that we could go far in this World Cup. So we kept on pushing and pushing, and eventually we come around the, near the end of the game, and we were hounding the, the, the Croatian goal. And once you start getting that momentum, it was very hard for Croatia to kind of get back, you know, to kind of push us back up. We were pushing them back, forcing them back, and then I remember the ball coming across, and Mark was in there, and he challenged, and as he's missed it. 
it's kind of fallen to me on uh, my left foot and then I've kind of scooped it up, bring it back down to my right and then just laid it in and when it's just gone past the keeper you just know. I mean, I was already off without the ball actually going in the back of the net before I realised that it was actually in and you know, the euphoria that come over you and the team was phenomenal because we were on top then. We knew that we had Croatia. It goes down as a, in Australian history is that that goal got Australia through to the last 16. So for me, to have scored that goal and to be a part of the team that did that is probably my greatest moment in uh, World Cup football. Definitely, that would be one of his greatest moments. And one of the greatest players to have graced the Mundial is Fabio Cannavaro, the 2006 World Cup winner, would also be telling us about that game against Germany in the semi-final of the 2006 World Cup. And who is Fabio Cannavaro? Fabio Cannavaro is an Italian professional football coach and a former player, a centre-back. He spent the majority of his career in Italy. He started his career at Napoli before spending seven years at Parma with whom he won two Coppa Italian titles, the 1999 Super Coppa Italiana and the 1999 UEFA Cup. After spells as Inter Milan and Juventus, he was transferred from Juventus to Real Madrid in 2006, with whom he won consecutive La Liga titles in 2007 and 2008. After returning to Juventus for one season in 2009-2010, he joined Dubai-based club Al-Ali, where he retired from football in 2011 after an injury-troubled season. He is regarded as one of the best defenders of all time. Cannavaro has achieved success with the Italian national team. He was also part of the Italy team, which won consecutive UEFA European Under-21 Championship in 1994 and 1996. After earning a senior cup in 1997, he helped his national team to the final of UEFA Euro 2020, being named in the team of the tournament and became captain of the national team in 2002, following Paolo Maldini's retirement. Cannavaro led Italy to victory in the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany and was nicknamed Burro di Milano mean in Italy, meaning the Berlin Wall by the Italian supporters due to his defensive performances, which saw Italy keep five clean ships, five clean sheets, and concede only two goals, neither of which were in open play. He was awarded the silver ball after being named the tournament's second best player. In 2009, Cannavaro overtook Maldini as the most cup player in the country's history. He retired from international football on June 25, 2010, following Italy's failure to qualify for the knockout stages of the 2010 World Cup. Having amassed 136 caps and two goals for the senior national team, in total, he has represented Italy at four FIFA World Cups, two UEFA European Championships, and the 1996 Summer Olympic Games held in Atlanta, 
USA and the 2009 FIFA Confederations Cup. He is currently Italy's second all-time appearance holder behind Gigi Buffon, as well as Italy's most capped defender. Cannavaro was named the 2006 FIFA World Player of the Year, making him the only defender in history of world football to have won the award. He also won the Ballon d'Or Award in 2006, which made him the only defender to win the award in a decade and only the third of all time after Frank Beckenbach and Matthias Sommer. In 2006 and 2007, Cannavaro was named in the FIFA World Eleven. In 2007, he was named in the six-month shortlist of L'Oreal World Sportsman of the Year. After his retirement, Cannavaro became a member of the coaching staff of Ali, notably as a global ambassador and technical director from 2011 to 2013, and as an assistant coach from 2013 to 2014. In November 2014, he was appointed as head coach of Chinese club Guangzhou Evergrande. On June 9, 2016, he signed a contract with second-tier Chinese club Tianjian Quanjian as manager, where he led the team to the league title. He returned to Guangzhou Evergrande in 2017 and was briefly appointed as manager of the China national team in 2019. He left Guangzhou again in September 2021. Let's hear from the 2006 FIFA World Cup champion as he recalls the key moment in the biggest contest in that tournament, a semi-final victory over host Germany. It would be too easy to say Berlin when we beat France, but the key was definitely Dortmund in the semi-final against Germany. It was an incredible game, but the key moment for me was when we came out onto the pitch. All the German players were tall and focused, but none of them looked you in the eye. When I went out there to shake hands, everyone was looking down, and that was an important sign for me. When it was done, I said to Buffon, Gigi, we've already won this. And he looked at me and asked, how so, Fabio? Because they're at home, they've got the entire crowd behind them, but they're afraid. And in football, when you're afraid, it's a bad sign. Then obviously, the match went well, but for me, that was the most important moment from the Germany World Cup. Yes, that is Fabio Cannavaro describing that game. One of the key things I picked up from Fabio Cannavaro was 
when he said during the exchange of pleasantries with the German side, the Germans could not look into their eyes. And he could tell from the push of the Germans they were afraid of the Italians. And he immediately signaled his colleague to tell his colleague, we're going to win this game. In this life, my dearest audience and listeners, confidence is everything. Always be confident. And speaking on confidence, we'll be hearing from South Africa's star playmaker, Steven Piena, on Bafana Bafana's opening game at the 2010 World Cup, which featured some of the most memorable moments of the event. Steven Piena will be telling us of that historic opener in that historic World Cup to be hosted, the first and only on the African continent. Let's hear from Steven Pina. My favorite memory was when we walked out uh, onto the pitch for the first game in 2010. I remember when we walked out uh, onto the pitch uh, for the home up you could hear the Vuvuzelas. It was like, um, yeah, like bees just around the stadium packed and the happiness, the excitement was about to begin. No one expected that the World Cup will be will be held in Africa for the first time. And for for me it was a dream come true to play in front of my family, my friends and the whole of the world. The first game was really emotional and I loved every moment of it. Most certainly we loved every moment of that World Cup in South Africa. We'll be hearing again from Julius Batista, who will be telling us of his experience at the 2010 World Cup and the thrill of walking out of the tunnel at the FIFA World Cup and hearing your national anthem reverberating. We'll hear from Julian Batista. Let's pick Julius' thoughts. The World Cup moments I remember best would be from the one I played in, because it has a great meaning for me. I think when you make your way from the hotel to the stadium, that's something incredible. There are so many thoughts going through your head. Then you arrive in the stadium, and there's all the preparations. But what makes you feel good to realize you made it is when they play your national anthem. Most certainly, I can relate to that experience. It's a dream come true for everyone to play at the World Cup and at the highest level of world football. Diego Gordon the Uruguayan defender would also be telling us his experience in that dramatic World Cup game against South Africa and Ghana at the 2010 World Cup. Let's hear from Diego Gordon. It's difficult to paint just one moment. The World Cup in South Africa was special for everyone involved. The most important match was the one against South Africa in the first phase. 
where we achieved the victory that got us through to the knockout stage. As for any individual moment, I think the most emotional was in the game against South Korea, where Suarez scored in minute 80-something when we were in the second round. Then there were the penalties against Ghana. That was emotional. It had everything. That's really a memory because so many things happened that we remember so well. And it was also emotional. I think there were some wonderful moments overall that we really enjoyed. Yes, that's Diego Gordon telling us of his experience. We'll be hearing from Diego Folan, who was voted the best player at the 2010 World Cup. He's going to describe in detail his experience at the World Cup and that famous goal against Ghana and Asamajan's penalty miss. First, who is Diego Folan in the history of football? Let me tell you who he is. Diego Martin Folan. Corazo is a Uruguayan professional football manager and former player who played as a forward. Regarded as one of the best forwards of his generation, Folan is a two-time winner of both the Pichi Pichi Trophy and the European Golden Shoe at club level. With the Uruguayan national team, he had huge individual success at the 2010 World Cup, finishing as joint top scorer with five goals, including the goal of the tournament and winning the Golden Ball as the tournament's best player. Fulham also had a successful international career, scoring 36 times for his country between his debut in 2002 and his retirement in 2015, including six goals at, at the FIFA World Cup. On 12 July 2011, at the 2011 Copa America in Argentina, Uruguay won. Fulham earned its 79th International Cup in a game against Mexico, breaking the record held since 1986 by goalkeeper Rudolf Rodriguez. On June 20, 2013, in a game against Nigeria, the 2013 Confederations Cup, Fulham became the first Uruguayan to win 100 Cup. Diego Fulham was Uruguay's all-time leading goal scorer from the 2011 until Luis Suarez overtook him two years ago. Voted the best player at the 2010 World Cup, Diego Fulham tells us the story of the famous game against Ghana, including his key goal and a Samoajan's penalty. Let's hear from Diego. My favourite World Cup memory has to be from the last one because I played in it and because of how well the national team performed in the tournament. It was a great experience for the players, especially because of the way we bonded. We were based in a small city called Kimberley, which was very relaxing. We really enjoyed being there, living the whole experience and watching the other matches together. We were like a family in such moments. The match against Ghana was difficult, especially after Lugano went off injured in the first half. To make matters worse, Ghana scored right on half-time. Fortunately, my goal came at just the right time. It gave us confidence 
and we started to control the game a little bit. And there's nothing left to say about the end, with the penalty and everything that happened. I think it was a little bit of everything. The work of the coaching staff was very good. The relationship between the players is very good. And everybody knew what they had to do. So on the pitch, we were all together. And even the players who weren't in the team supported us. And that was valuable as well. Yes, that's Diego Fulham, the tournament's best player at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. We'll be hearing from another controversial player who was very instrumental in that Ghana versus Uruguay game at the 2010 FIFA World Cup and his controversial handball against Ghana that prevented Ghana from playing at the semi-finals of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Luis Alberto Suarez Diaz is a professional Uruguayan footballer who plays as a striker for Spanish club Atletico Madrid and the Uruguayan national team. Known for his passing, finishing, comforts with the ball, he is regarded as one of the best players of his generation, one of the greatest strikers of all time. Suarez has won 19 major trophies in his career, including seven league titles, a UEFA Champions League at club level, as well as the 2011 Copa American title with Uruguay. Suarez has won two European golden shoes, a Dutch era DVC golden boot, a Premier League golden boot, and the Pichi Pichi trophy. He has scored over 500 goals for club and country. At international level, Suarez is Uruguay's all-time leading goal scorer and has represented his nation at three editions of the FIFA World Cup and four editions of the Copa America, as well as the 2012 Summer Olympic Games in London and the 2013 Confederations Cup. Suarez has been a source of controversy throughout his career, as well as his goal-line handball against Ghana at the 2010 World Cup. Suarez is also known controversially for biting his opponents on three different occasions. Suarez has been accused of and has admitted to diving, and in 2011, the English FA found him guilty of racially abusing Patrice Evra. Suarez is a very, very, very controversial player. We hear from him. I think it was just instinct. Any player would have done the same, not just me. I stopped the ball with my knee. Then a player from Ghana headed the ball. And my first instinct, my first reaction, was to use my hand. The ball would have gone in and a penalty was awarded. Some people have accused me of a lack of sportsmanship. But I think it's worse if a player suffers an injury when he's stopped by a bad tackle as he's about to score. The penalties were an incredible story. Every time a player took a penalty, Sebastian Ebru would say to his teammate, Jorge Fuseli, did you see that? 
the Ghana goalkeeper moved. Eventually, Vasily got fed up and said, look, if you want to chip it, chip it. It was a brave decision by the coach to have Abru take a penalty, especially as you know that Abru is capable of trying things and making everyone suffer. I didn't know who was going to take the penalties because I've been sent off. I was in the dressing room with reserve keeper Juan Guillermo Castillo and someone else watching the penalties from there. When we saw Abru was going to take one, and to be fair, I didn't realize he was going to take the fifth, Guillermo and I started to discuss how he was going to take it. I said he wasn't going to chip the ball, but Guillermo argued that he would. Then we saw him chip it. We cheered the goal and remained shocked for a minute or so at what he'd just done. Then we realized we'd won the game, so we went out onto the pitch to hug everyone and celebrate the victory. Yes, that's Diego Folan and his teammate Luis Suarez describing that handball versus Ghana and that famous victory against the Black Stars of Ghana at the quarterfinals of the 2010 World Cup. We'll be hearing from Ian Robin, the Dutch superstar, on that incredible drama in the final game against Spain at the 2010 World Cup and what he makes of Ike Casillas saving his ball at, the, at that final. Who is Ian Robin? For the purposes of my listeners, let me tell you who he is. Ian Robin is a Dutch former professional football player who played as a winger. He is known for his dribbling skills speed, ball control, and his long-range shots. Robin is regarded as one of the best players of his generation and one of the best wingers in the world in his prime. Robin an Eredivisie title. The following season, Robin's signature was pursued by leading clubs and after a protracted transfer negotiations, he joined Chelsea in 2004. Robin's Chelsea debut was delayed through injury, but upon returning to fitness, he helped Chelsea bring home two back-to-back Premier League titles and was the Premier League player of the month in November 2005. After a third season in England, which was punctuated by injury, Robin signed for Real Madrid in a transfer worth 35 million euros. In August 2009, Robin transferred to Bayern Munich for a fee of around 25 million euros. In his first season in Bayern, Bayern Munich won the league title, Robin's fifth league title in eight years. Robin scored a winning goal in the 2013 UEFA Champions League final after being named in the squad of the season. In 2014, he was named FIFA Pro World 11 and the UEFA Team of the Year and placed fourth in the Ballon d'Or for that year, 2014. In Germany, he won 20 trophies, including eight Bundesliga titles and five 
DFB Pokals. During his long spell at Bayern, Robin was known for his fruitful partnership with his fellow winger, Frank Ribery. Together, they were affectionately called and nicknamed Robbery. <laughs> Definitely, they would always rob you with their skills, talents, and mesmerizing goals. Robin started in the 2010 World Cup final, which the Netherlands lost to Spain. He appeared at the 2004, 2008, and 2012 UEFA European Championships and the 2006, 2010, and 2014 FIFA World Cup. He won the bronze ball and was named in the All-Star team at the 2014 FIFA World Cup. On July 15, 2021, Iron Robin announced his retirement from football. In this interview, Ian Robin will be describing that final game against Spain at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. We hear from Ian Robin. It was a tournament in South Africa, of course. It was a great tournament until the final. And we grind such a lot as a team. It was such an amazing and special experience to have so far We went all the way to the final together. It might have been painful and sad to lose in the end. But the whole thing left great memories for us all. We all felt that together we really delivered something. That is Ian Robin speaking of that finals. And in that finals, Ike Casillas was the Spanish hero as he made two fantastic saves of Ian Robin in the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Ike Casillas explains in this interview that that final and Spain winning that tournament was a mixture of preparation, luck, and bravery. We hear from Ike Casillas. When you win the Golden Glove and it's come on top of a team prize, then it's very special. Winning an individual award when your team hasn't won leaves you with an empty feeling inside. But I was lucky in that we won the World Cup and I was named best goalkeeper of the tournament. So it doubled the happiness for me. The first save was perhaps the most important. It was a one-on-one -on -one situation, and of course, in those two or three seconds, a lot of thoughts went through my mind. I had to stand my ground and guess where he'd moved. I'd done some pre-match analysis just in case this sort of situation occurred. But you also have to have a bit of luck in moments like that. I was lucky in the way I blocked the ball from Robin. It wasn't with my hands as a keeper would normally do. I had to do it with my feet. And the second time, he was already a little off balance, thanks to the challenges of both Puyol and Piquet. So again, I was lucky 
in that I could get it at a moment when he wasn't in full control. It was more difficult for the first save. In the end, I achieved something on both a personal and a team level, so I'm very happy. Yes, that's Ike Casillas speaking on his experience at the 2010 World Cup and winning that game. The key lesson I picked from Ike Casillas is the spirit of teamwork. And my dearest listeners, I would admonish you to be always a team player, whether you find yourself in the family unit, within your community, your nation, always learn to work as a team because together you can do more if you are with a team so it's been fun it's been exciting coming your way with today's episode of the fifa world cup show i hope you have enjoyed as much as i have until same time stay blessed keep well stay strong and be healthy. It's bye for now.